On this week's episode, we interview co-president of EXP, Dave Kennard. Talk to him about his journey, what makes him tick, and where he sees the future of the business. Check it out. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Dates and Yak Show. I'm Amber Yecklin. I'm Chris Dayton. And today we have our friend and amazing guest, co-president of EXP, Dave Kennard. Yeah! So glad to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So um, we thought it would be a great idea to connect with Dave on our podcast because we've had um, a couple of awesome opportunities at the Shareholder Summit and at EXPCon to just like get to know you guys. Actually, we, we met you guys down in, uh, well, I met you guys down in New Orleans. Yeah, I actually met you, Dave, in Austin last year at Gene Frederick's uh, yep. event. I went up chatting for, I don't know, a couple hours, whatever it was. I was about All I remember is you were running and you were going places you shouldn't be going, like <laughs> with wild animals and maybe could have gone missing. And I was actually genuinely concerned about you. <laughs> so it was good to run into you again and see you didn't die when we got to New Orleans last year, uh, which was my birthday, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we ended up becoming friends because we were drinking vodka tonics for your birthday. <laughs> and then I got to become friends with your wife, like I always do, over a vodka tonic and Facebook. So... Right. Yeah, you're like BFFs now. Oh, loved it. I do love your wife. I adore her to pieces. She's wow. great. She loves is mutual. She loves you guys. And I'm <laughs> very excited that we're doing this today. So Right. And then, of course, then we get the announcement that Dave Knorr has been announced as the co-president of EXP. And I was like, what? Right. My man. That's awesome. Yeah. We were like super jacked. We're like, we know him. We we're know like, him. Yeah, we know that we guy. Know him. That yeah. guy's awesome. <laughs> Some like, dude. Our fame. <laughs> so anyway, you know. It's interesting because um, as we were talking, I know that you've got quite a background story and I thought it would be cool if you shared with our audience, you know, kind of what makes you go and go through where you've been uh, and how did you get to that point where, wow, now you're being rolled out as a, a co-president of a publicly traded company. I mean, that's got to be a great story. You know, it's, um, it's pretty cool. I, you know, you and I were talking before just saying about, you know, what people go through in their lives to kind of get them where they are. And I think, um, you know, everybody is the kind of uh, culmination of all of their experiences that they go through in life and all the people that they meet throughout their life, uh, you know, all rolled up into one thing. And that's, we're all kind of where we are because of those things. So I was, um, I say blessed. Uh, it's a, it's a, I, you know, I've been able to have the, uh, perspective now that I was blessed to go through an experience when I was in my late 20s. So I was, uh, you know, got married in my early 20s. Chris and I got married in early 20s, um, had kids. And so I had a, a little over a year, a year old daughter. And um, uh, so we, we were buying real estate franchise at that point. So I had been in sales and we were in development. And so we started to uh, build real estate franchises to sell properties and sell uh, things that we were building. And so we were just kind of starting and we were at the point where we had invested a lot of money into everything. Right. <laughs> so right. Yeah. It all started. We're going to buy, you know, you spend a couple hundred thousand on a franchise and you spend more money on furniture and all this other kind of stuff. And you do all those things. And uh, so we had started a mortgage company as well. So you invest in that, you get those things going. And we had some uh, lenders and branch managers and that sort of thing. Um, and so they had a boat and they want to take me out on the boat. I was working all day 
went out on the boat with them at the end of the day, met them out there. Turns out while they were hanging out all day, they were, they had been drinking. Um, and so I didn't know this, I was working all day. And so I get out on the boat and it was, it was the end of the day. So it was getting dark. And, uh, so we hit some rocks that the guy, other guy was driving the boat, hit some rocks, uh, going fairly fast. And so I was standing up on the passenger side of the boat and I got slammed into the metal trim on the windshield of the boat. Whoa. Crushed my head in. I absolutely crushed my head in. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I won't give you all the gory details, but I, um, I broke two vertebrae in my back. I broke my and a bunch of other stuff. I totally, totally crushed my head in. So my poor wife, I got the shock trauma helicopter ride, right? So they had me strapped to a board and um, get DNR out there. And they, they life flighted me to uh, University of Maryland shock trauma. This was down in Maryland at the time. And uh, <clears throat> so my poor wife finally finds out and she, uh, some friends of ours, good friends of ours picked her up and drove her there. And, you know, the, the doctor finally comes out. I was in uh, like 16 hours of surgery. And the oh, doctor wow. Yeah, so the doctor comes out and says, look, you know, he's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty badly injured, head trauma, you know, neck and all that kind of stuff. So he may be paralyzed from the neck down, blind in both eyes, and brain damaged. And I just tell people, you know, it turns out I was only brain damaged. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, sense of humor. Yeah. So, you know, all is well that ends well, but... Um, you know, I had to learn how to walk again. I had a walker, you know, get to the hospital and all that fun stuff. Wow. But I, you know, might never, uh, you know, be as active as I was before. Um, and, and, you know, all the other stuff that goes along with that. I lost complete vision in my right eye. So I have no depth perception, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but that, that um, event in my life has shaped kind of how I do things. You know, I was, you know, family was always important, always was a hard worker, you know, that kind of stuff. I was a, I'm a 99D, 99I on the disc, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I got to make things happen and do that kind of stuff. But, but there wasn't a lot of um, purpose to it, right? I mean, it wasn't, there was, but there wasn't, right? Emotionally, you still, you want to play, you want to do whatever. I just wasn't, wasn't as dialed in. And I, you know, I would let things bother me that shouldn't bother me and like, wasn't bothered about other things that maybe should have bothered me. Um, and, you know, when you, when you go through an experience like that, um, you know, you get good perspective and it's fairly permanent perspective uh, that lasts a long time. And from that point forward, and, you know, I say blessed because it happened at a young age for me. And to have that um, where I didn't lose anything permanent, Right. I, mean, I didn't die. I didn't lose any people. Um, I can still do just about everything I could do before. Um, I did make sure that I went and ran a half marathon within two years later to, you know, go out wow. there and be able to go do stuff. And, and um, so, but it was more the focus on my putting my family first uh, and really doing that. My wife and my kids, I got, a, you know, had, a, had another daughter since then and the focus on, on them, you know, in my life and really making sure that I'm being present um, so people will see that I'm, I'm usually pretty good. I work a lot. I put in a lot of time, but when it's family time, it's family time. And, you know, people try to get a hold of me when it's family time. And it's like, you know, if, if you want to compete with, you know, my wife or kids, you're going to lose every time. <laughs> so it's just the way that it is. Um, so, you know, when it's work time, it's work time. When it's family time, it's family time. And, and having that good balance, um, going out of balance sometimes in either direction, but, um, you know, putting the right time into them. Um, staying focused on the things that matter, keeping the 20%, you know, 
Well, I'll come in. They never um, uh, you know, keeping the focus on those things that matter and, and keeping those in front of you and, and, and doing the planning and, you know, putting in the time to, to do things the right way. Um, it, that, that to me has been the, has been a growth process. That's been, that's been really big and it's really focused on what things are important. You know, my, my family, my faith, my business, my friends, you know, all of those things and, and putting time into those. So, you know, I don't recommend going through something like that. Um, <laughs> Good. It's good to know I don't have to do that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, you just learn from what I went through and just, just you know, just take, take it from me. Um, but going through something like that throughout my entire career, um, you know, I've made changes and I, you know, I had the opportunity to grow franchises with, a, with another company and I was a regional director with them and, and we got a chance to do a lot of really great stuff and, it, it, and it's, it was a great company, great people. At some point, that opportunity no longer served my life purpose right and i think a lot of times we get stuck on we start off going down a path with a purpose um and then we just end up on the path right we lose sight of that that purpose of why we got there in the first place why we started in the first place and you know and so then we're just on the path and i, I call it oars in you're in your boat and the oars are, are out of the water their oars are in the boat and and you're just Take going wherever the, the mm-hmm. is going to take you, wherever the river's going, river's going. And so, you know, I always encourage people to get your oars back in the water, right? Go have a purpose on where you're going, know your direction, know what's important to you and row like crazy. Right. I saw a quote that said, uh, you know, it says one life, just one. Why are we not running like we are on yeah. fire towards our wildest dreams? Right. And that to me is like, man, every day get up and go, who do I want to be? Where do I want to be? What am I going to do today to move myself toward that? And I think, uh, you know, we go through, through life, you know, a lot of times just with our oars in the boat and, and not pushing ourselves towards something. And so, you know, the, the, whether it's the company you're with or the job, the, the career that you've chosen or the people you're hanging out with or the, the shape that you're in or the, all the other stuff that you kind of go, eh, you know, and, and get some purpose to it and decide, decide where you want to go, who you want to be and go do it. So there's my soapbox. There's a lot to unpack right now. That is an incredible story. I mean, that is such a true, just like testimony of like coming back and just living with purpose. And I was actually having this conversation earlier today on Facebook about how, when we wake up and have a purpose, even if it's a small one, it tends to drive our day in a better, more productive manner. Right? So for example, you touched on something that's really near and dear to me, which is how long do you stay floating on that river because of the comforts that you get? Maybe it's a job, maybe it's a paycheck, maybe it's because you know that you can have a nice house or nice things and you're just willing to live that paycheck to paycheck where you're at. When do you find that, you know, people have to make the decision of, do I have to, do I take the leap of faith to change gears or do I just stick with what I know because it's not an uncomfortable path I'm on. It's a good path, but what if it's not fulfilling you? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And that's, you know, oars in the boat. So get your oars in the, get your oars in the water and, and paddle hard. When did, when did you decide that um, real estate was the uh, career industry you wanted to be in? <laughs> so, so I think I got into real estate for the same reason other people did. So I got a degree in international business, foreign language, foreign business cultures. Um, and 
started off in international business. I worked for a uh, startup uh, telecommunications company and uh, international telecom. And so we, I was launching businesses uh, in countries, you know, in uh, Northern Africa, South America, that kind of stuff. Really cool young person, you know, fresh out of college, got to travel to some cool places, wow. you know, meet some cool people and really got amazing business education, you know, right out of the chute, right? And it was really great, except um, as we took this kind of fledgling company, these brilliant engineers uh, from their Westinghouse guys, and, and we built this and we spread in from like four countries into like 17 different countries. Um, and these guys were doing really, really well. They had a fancy building and, and driving new cars and buying new houses. And I got like a $50,000 bonus, right? And I thought, you know, I mean, in your 20s, a $50,000 bonus was, was pretty big. However, compared to- I mean, I, mean, I feel like in my 30s, a $50,000 bonus sounds excellent. Like, wow. And I'm just wondering yeah. if my boss wants to give me one. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Gosh. Uh, no. I authorize that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but compared to what they were doing, I looked at it and said, you know, they had put a lot of work on the front end. So they, they earned it. But I was out blood, sweat, and tears every day, working a million hours a week, and you know, hopping on planes in the middle of the night when things would go wrong, and do all the stuff. And I got a fifty thousand dollar bonus, right? And they were they were making millions. And I thought to myself, I didn't, I didn't begrudge them making what they were making because they earned it. I just looked at it and said, hey, if I want to make what I want to make, I want I want a, some kind of career where um, the effort that I put in is rewarded. You know, right? And so, you know, I want something where, and so immediately I was like, well, real estate, you can make a ton of money in real estate, right? So, <laughs> or uh, so they say. <laughs> yes. I've got a friend that says people get into real estate for the, uh, what, what did he say? He says the, um, the freedom, the flexibility, and the tales of untold wealth. And most of them take freedom and the flexibility. They just never get the wealth. Yes. <laughs> and so, it, you know, the opportunity to get in, to, to go work hard and to go build something. Uh, my mom was an interior designer. Um, and so I, you know, I grew up touring houses and being around all kind of design stuff in really cool places around uh, northern Baltimore, historic homes in Annapolis. And, uh, and then I built houses when I was in college. I put myself through college building houses in the summer. So I kind of had the house thing going. Um, so I got into sales, spent about three years doing that. That's when we started to do, get into doing some development work with builders. And uh, from there, it was doing the franchises. So it just kind of snowballed one thing led to another and pretty soon we had realtors all over the mid Atlantic and, and we were. How, how many franchises did you own at, at your peak? Like what was yeah. your max? Yeah. So I was, I was a part, uh, partner owner in 11 different franchises. Wow. That's a lot of people. Yeah. We had over 2000 agents, about 2,500 agents, um, within that whole group. And, um, uh, so, I mean, I have trouble wrangling seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> partners and good leaders and that kind of stuff. So, you know, we had a lot of people doing heavy lifting all over, uh, all over the area. And uh, it was, it was fun. Um, but, uh, you know, then at some point, like I said, that, that opportunity wasn't the one that was uh, most uh, in line with where I wanted to go, uh, you know, as a person and, and for business and, and for everything else. And so then it was... So Let's talk about that. Okay. Where do you want, where did you want to go? Like, so obviously, yeah, I totally agree. Like opportunities come, they go, you got to know which ones to jump on. 
Um, and obviously you have an idea of what it is that you and Kristen and your family are trying to accomplish. Uh, what is that? Like what, what's, a, what's the home run? And I, I know those evolve over time. I mean, yeah. we've got our good friend, you know, uh, Gene Frederick, who just moved to, you know, San Juan, Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Nice place. Uh, what is it for you guys? I was not thinking he was going to live in Puerto Rico, that's for sure. No, he definitely wasn't. So, Yeah, so, you know, I think that um, there was a part of me that, and coming from those years I told you with the telecom, where I really wanted to to own something, right? I wanted to own the business. I wanted to, um, you know, I wanted to run it. I wanted to own it. And I wanted to be able to say this was mine. And I wanted, you know, the, the financial rewards that come from owning a business. And so for me, it was, you got to be that, the mindset was you got to be the top. Um, the, for me, it was, a, it was a freedom. It was the ability to make certain decisions to, to take advantage of opportunity, right? So I want to be able to take advantage of opportunity. I want to be able to make the decisions that would allow us to take advantage of opportunity. And I wanted the, um, you know, I wanted the cash flow and the, the leverage that comes from a more passive income. Right, with a, when you own the business, the Kiyosaki, right, with the quadrants, four quadrants, where um, you know, you, <clears throat> excuse me, you get become an investor, where now you have a business, you know. So you know, when you employ people, when they work, you make money, um, but then when you become an investor, you have a business that operates that makes you money. And so, to me, that was the real attraction to doing that. Um, what ended up happening over time was uh, I was getting pulled back into being an employee. Um, through that opportunity. And I got sucked into it without, you know, it's like the slow, <laughs> you know, back into this, you know, where I didn't want to be again. I thought, you know, man, one day I woke up and said, this isn't very leveraged anymore. And it's now, you know, more of an ego thing that I own something, but it's not really getting me the, what I wanted in life. And, you know, it's the freedom and the long, the longevity and the flexibility and the, passive income uh, streams and that kind of stuff. And so it wasn't really providing as much of that anymore uh, in the ways that I wanted it to. And so, you know, you kind of, again, you know, or you get comfortable, you get comfortable. I mean, we were making good money. I mean, they, they were, you know, even though the market was funky, we had enough of a base that we were doing pretty well and we were working hard and, you know, you're in a position where you feel like you're, you're, you're the boss and you feel really good about that. And, uh, you know, one day you wake up and go, hey, you know, the, the ego stuff and all the other things and everything else, that's not what you're going for. That's not what's important. Um, and so then it was, okay, what's the right opportunity? So I stepped out of my role as a regional director. I started selling off the franchises and um, it wasn't getting away from, uh, you know, anything per se. It was just about saying, you know, I need to be more congruent with, with what's important to me. Um, so making that shift, um, bought some other businesses, did some other things, diversified a little bit and, and was kind of searching for the right opportunity. I worked with another company for a couple of years in a leadership role, uh, helping them establish some things that were important to them. Uh, so I had a contract with them when that, during that, the last two years that I was working with them, uh, is when I met Glenn Sanford actually. And I was introduced to them through Gene Frederick, right? So Gene's been someone who's been a mentor to me and a kind of a hero to me and a good friend. Uh, he and Susan are just awesome. And so, you know, know, I've known them for a while and really respect them. And Gene was sharing what he was doing and I told him he was crazy. And then he kept showing <laughs> what he was doing and all of a sudden I started to, <laughs> I started to listen um, and, and take a look at it. And, and so then he introduces me to Glenn. 
So I had a chance to, to talk to Glenn, uh, Glenn Sanford being the CEO and founder, of course, of EXP. And, and I spent so many nights, he's out on the Pacific uh, Northwest and I'm on the East Coast. And, uh, and so we would have these talks late into the night. And my wife thinks I was nuts. I was out on our deck, pacing back and forth on the deck. <laughs> um, midnight for me, you know, it's 10 o'clock or, or uh, nine o'clock for him out there. And all of a sudden, you know, Glenn would be like, man, it's, how late is it for you right now? It's, it's almost 10 o'clock here. I'm like, yeah, it's almost one o'clock. And we would just be talking about ideas. And I thought, this guy is incredible. He's so, you know, he's so cool. He's so humble. He's so smart. He's got a great vision. And, and I just had, we had fun talking about ideas and stuff like that. And we would always joke about it. He's like, man, you know, one day it'd be great for you to come over and work with us. And then we said, yeah, wouldn't that be great? So when things ended with the, you know, the other opportunity as far as, uh, you know, the contract and everything else, during that time, I'd become so infatuated, infatuated with the vision of EXP and seeing what it was doing. It was like, I mean, the train was just picking up speed and I couldn't not get on it. It was like moth to flame. <laughs> I just had to do it. But literally, as soon as I was done, I just jumped. I just signed up. I went online. I, got, I had to get an LOI. My license had expired a long time ago because I was in... <laughs> I had to get an LOI and do all this other stuff and people weren't even going to darn con ed. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so Glenn calls me and he's like, did you just join EXP? I didn't even tell him. I just joined. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. He goes, well, we haven't talked about what you could do. And I said, I have no, exp I have no expectations to do anything else. I I'm just going to be here. I will, I will help bring people to, wow. to EXP. I will help grow the company. I want to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, I don't care what seat I'm on, on the rocket ship. I just want to be on the rocket ship. Um, and I was here uh, for about two months working on things and, and getting my license in order and all that good stuff. And that's when Glenn picked up the phone one day and just said, hey, we're, we're ready. We want you to come be on the leadership team. And uh, wow. And here we are. Wow. Wow. That is like, if I say wow one more time. Wow. Like, wow. <laughs> um, that is just incredible to me. What? happens in your life when you do exactly some of the things you touched on drop the ego and then align yourself with people who are just genuinely good people trying to do good things yeah and, and have faith and have faith in that yes like it's wild to me the like how amazing the path always turns out when you have a little bit of blind faith and you just give people those opportunities. And if you're just a good person offering that opportunity, because at the end of the day, Dave, and you can tell me how you feel about this. I feel like the biggest shift in any business right now is that people are no longer attracted to companies. They're attracted to the people who are in those organizations running those companies. And if you're somebody who can give somebody else the time of day and not let your title and your ego get in the way, that is such an attractive quality and a testament to what that company is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really a big thing that attracted me here. I mean, from, you know, from the very top talking with Glenn, um, I mean, just, he, he wanted to share his vision and we had great, you know, great talks. I mean, that's, and he's, he's held true to that, um, you know, to that person being that person as the company's continued to have tons of success and he's continued to get tons of accolades you know, over and over and over again, um, for, you know, for what he's built and, and, you know, what the company's doing and everything else. I mean, he's, he's just Glenn. He's just Glenn. That's he's, great. He's a great guy. And that's the same for the whole leadership team. I, I'm blessed to be able to work alongside Stacy Annan and Stacy as a co-president is amazing. And just, you know, no ego, 
cares about the people, cares about getting stuff done. And, um, you know, and, and we, the team just has fun. Oh, that's awesome. Right. So let's talk about this. We've got an initiative, the two by 20. Yes. Right. And we just announced, or we, we just heard 20,000 agents at EXP yeah. with yesterday. How fired up are you right now? So pumped. So pumped. So I'm pumped. Hitting 20,000 this fast. All right. Yeah. We've, we've basically doubled in a year. And doubled from the year before. Yeah. Right. Right. That, that's well, quite yes, the yeah. curve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the funny part is, it's not just agent count, but it's also the revenue. You know, when you look at that, but like we're bringing over agents who actually do business, which is nice. The quality of the agents. So I get the reports and we look at, you know, people do leave the company, right? And we know there's an 84% attrition rate for new agents, right? They get, so we get some right. new people come on and some of them, you know, don't quite make it as is standard in the industry. Although our numbers are, are far outpacing the industry numbers for that. So we're able to help newer agents get in and get into productivity and stay in the business way better than the average. Um, but you know, there are some that leave, but the ones that are leaving are not doing business. And we continue to add a, an unreal amount of agents, but it's not a body count. It's just, it's not, you know, just bringing people with a license and a heartbeat in. We are, we're bringing in production. I mean, we are bringing in high level production. We're bringing in top teams, big teams, um, yep. big solo agents, um, you know, as well as, as just, uh, you know, some incredible rock solid agents that are superstars in their local markets. Yeah, that's, I think to me, that's the most exciting part is it's not a company that's just building with, uh, you know, hiring, you know, young people out of school or whatever like that. We're actually bringing over talented people, people who have businesses who've come from, and it's not just any one brokerage that they're coming from. They're coming from all of them. Yeah, they've spent decades building their own businesses and are like, hey, we love this new model and we're, we're heading over. Yeah, so that leads me into like kind of my last thing. Like, we'll wrap it up with this. But, uh, you know, we've got this shift that's coming, right? They, we all know it. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, I have a background in economics. You know, our listeners know that because I talk about that crap all the time. Um, and being up here in Detroit, uh, where we're at, we were actually particularly hit pretty hard through the last downturn, you know, along with Orlando and Phoenix and Las Vegas and a couple other places. Uh, so people are skittish. They're worried about the shift. But then in the career, you know, up here, it's so easy to get your real estate license. It is actually really easy. The barrier to entry is <laughs> stupid. It's just like, oh, my God, you can spit and hit five realtors. For real. <laughs> we're always like if you're out to eat don't yell that you want to buy a house too loudly because yeah, like three people will jump up hey, and be like hey. Hey. <laughs> we'll have 20 cards thrust in your face before. yeah seriously it's like fight club just broke out at jay alexander's <laughs> anyway so we're, we're gonna have a shift and i think what's gonna happen is that the the people who are trying to do business that carry that overhead i mean one of the biggest reasons i left my previous brokerage uh is because running a team, it just costs too much money. And this new platform, and the way I tell people is like EXP is like the best brokerage because it's a great platform to run my business in. And uh, I just think that we're going to have a flood of agents who are going to come over once that shift happens. And what do you see? What do you see on that? What are you talking about? And more importantly, how are you preparing for that as a company? 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. So, I ask good questions, Dave. I know, right? <laughs> Man, good one. So, um, yeah, so one thing, I, I'm going I'm to go sort of in reverse order because, you know, we have, we do see, I mean, A, we're, we're, our growth just keeps picking up speed, right? And so we know that, you know, what works for us now and what serves us now, which allows us to serve our agents now, isn't necessarily going to work for us even a short period down the road. Um, right, things and, evolve. Yeah, and our capacity to bring people on is, uh, you know, if you've, got a, if you've got a three foot wide hallway and people are, you know, and you've got a hundred people walking down there, it's a little crowded. You've got 10,000 people running down a three foot wide hallway, you're in trouble. Um, so, you know, we- <laughs> good analogy. Right, so we're building our capacity. We're, we've hired more people. We have uh, increased our, uh, the processes on our tech to, let, to make that whole process for onboarding easier. So, you know, now we've had people onboarded in under 30 minutes, right? So we get people to join the company. So we've hit some new milestones on that ability. Being tech-driven, tech-enabled, then that allows us to have these processes that, um, you know, people can go and enter the information. It gets automatically pulled into our system. And then it's just a matter of, you know, helping to transfer the license. And so the processes have gotten better. We're allowed to bring people, we're able to bring people on faster. We're adding more and more mentors for the newer agents and less productive agents who are looking to build their business and want the help and support of a mentor. We've got, we're hiring more and more mentors all the, all the time to be able to serve them, more training classes. Um, the tech capacity is, is pretty much unlimited. We've already structured to be able to do that. So, so we can handle it. We're ready to handle it. We've built it. I always describe it like if you've seen all the, any of those little balls, that are all kind of this web of, of things and they're real small and then you can pull on them and they open up, right? And they go wide and they go to a larger ball that just kind of unfolds and opens up. And so that's where we are. We're building a scalable model that allows us to, can, to grow, you know, as the company grows and we don't have to tear it down and rebuild it every time we have a growth pace. So, um, so as far as being prepared, you know, we feel like we're in a really good place to, to continue to have uh, substantial growth and, and to serve our agents at a high level so that they just feel like, you know, they're the most important person in the world to us, you know, when they're working with us. So that's, that's number one. Um, number two, one of the first signs that we're seeing, this is kind of the canary in the coal mine, if you will, um, brokerages, entire brokerages are coming to us right now. Oh, wow. We've got a bunch of, of uh, broker owners who have transitioned their company. And in effect, they're closing, right? When I talk about the, the, you know, the ego and the opportunity and like all that other kind of stuff of owning your brokerage and being the local name and having your name on all the signs and, and that kind of stuff, you know, the smart ones are starting to, you know, they're looking at it and going, hey, what's most important to me in life and where do I want to be? I did this so that I could serve other agents and help them. I did this so that I could have leverage so that when other people close deals, I made money. You know, I did this so that we had that we could create increased opportunity to for other plat a platform that allows me to do more things. And they're realizing that those key reasons, those important reasons why they did it in the first place, they can do just as well here at EXP, even if they don't own the brokerage anymore, right? Yeah. Out of being an owner, but what you're really giving up is liability responsibility and time, right? Committed time. You're getting freedom back. You're removing all liability and responsibility. The brokerage trains and supports and handles all the liability and handles everything else and pays all the money for all the stuff. 
you put your agents in a place where they get served at a high level and can grow their business, you can continue to mentor them and coach them and support them um, if, that, if you prefer with your business model. And, um, and then you can leverage all of that where when people do business, you still get paid. So they start, they, they're seeing that. So we're having um, you know, small brokerages, 20, 30, 50 agents move over and then 300 to 500 agent brokerages. And now we're in conversations with brokerages for, with 2,000, 3,000 plus agents that are, wow. that are starting to have that conversation as well, where they're seeing with another shift in the business, do I want to go through that again? What, you know, do I go through all that time where you know, agents are keeping more and more of their money as they should, right? Agents are doing hard work. They deserve to yeah. keep the commission. Um, so you know, they're, they're going back to these other models and saying, look, I can get a better deal somewhere else. So brokers are keeping less and less of company dollar, but they've got to put more money spent, you know, spent into technology and tools for their agents because agents you know, uh, are requesting more and there's more technology available to us, but it costs money. For a small broker, they're not getting economies of scale on that kind of stuff and they're not designing it themselves. So it's helpful and to keep up. And so they're looking at this and going, we have another slowdown as we see what's, what's up ahead, it makes sense. And then some of the top agents are preparing themselves too. They're constantly watching the market, they're looking at it and studying it. And they're saying, well, what do we have coming up? How do we get prepared? We need to put ourselves in a position where we have the best tools possible and it costs us the least amount of money possible so that we can get running. And if there's an opportunity for us to create other income alongside of the real estate business, like a revenue share model or like stock options and all that kind of stuff, then that's going to like just insulate their business that much more and prepare them because when the downturn comes, you know what comes with that? Tons of opportunity, right? Yep. The market slows. That's, you know, when the stocks are low, don't sell, buy, right? Buy. Yeah. Don't buy. Don't buy it when it's high. Don't buy real estate when it's, you know, when it's high unless you have to, right? I mean, it's when the things are low, you just want to jump in. So the people that have cash at that time, they're the ones that, that capture all the opportunity. And that's when every time a new, you know, I call it a, a, like a tsunami comes through, every time the market changes, it knocks down a lot of tall buildings. And some buildings that weren't the tallest buildings before are now the tallest buildings on the block. And it's the same way with people in their business. You know, the people that are prepared, when it comes through, they're standing tall when the wave passes. The people that were not prepared and overbuilt they're not going to be ready. So be ready for it. And, and there's, ton of, there's no reason to be scared of it. It just means be ready. Get prepared. That's awesome. <laughs> Mind, Mind blown. blown. <laughs> like, he had a mic in his hand, he could just be like, You're just dropping. Drop. He's like, end, oh. end call. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> bye, Felicia. <laughs> Gotta go, um, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, we really appreciate you coming on, man, and spending the time with us. I, you had no idea how fortunate we feel to, you know, have connected with you and uh, Kristen and your family. We love you guys. We love your family and we love what you're doing for this company, man. There isn't anyone better who is prepared to lead us and I'm fired up to be in business with you. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate that guys. And, and we love you too. And, and we were so glad to meet you. You were, you got like, we were new. We were brand. I was like three days into EXP. Yeah. <laughs> So, so basically what you're saying is you came here because of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not the story now. From here on out. Don't touch him. Tell Gene. Don't tell Gene. Call Gene right now and be like, you know that's true, Gene. Like, let's not pretend anymore. We we tell all the agents on our team when they're like, what 
what do you get out of going to these conferences? And we know all the big dog uh, uh, brokerages out there have these yearly conferences. And you wonder like, do I go year after year? Do I spend the money? What if I'm a new agent? What if I'm not making money? And I always come home and go, that's the best trip I went on. And you and Kristen are definitely a part of that story of just being able to connect. And EXP as a whole, being able to connect on such a real level with the people of leadership. You know, I mean, Gene Frederick flew out to have dinner with us when he was even talking to us about yeah, EXP. You're, you're just not going to see that level of dedication and humbleness and leadership the way I feel like we do. And so I'm very proud to be a part of this company with you guys. So thank you so much. I guess we're going to see you in Vegas. We'll see you in yeah. Vegas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kristen will be there. So we'll be uh we'll be hanging out. See you guys, right? Lou, right? Lou and Deb. Oh yeah. Got Lou Lou and Deb. They're awesome. Gosh, I, so good just being in business with all of you guys. Just like a love fest right now. I we know. love everybody. <laughs> all right, Dave. We appreciate the time, man. You got anything else you want to add? Good hanging out with you. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Take care. You too. See you guys. See Bye, Dave. Bye.